Hello there, fellow warriors. I've been thinking about comparison a lot lately. As a matter of fact, I shouldn't say lately. I think about comparison a lot and I still get trapped in comparison. I have been suffocating, drowning in comparison in the past. I mean, for a long time, for many, many, many years. And it's something I still struggle with. And I'm actually going to give you a little confession on that in a little bit. But I specifically today wanted to talk about comparing our beasts. And so before we do that, let's make sure we're on the same page about what a beast is. So beasts come in all shapes and sizes, and some arrive as a result of an alcoholic or an addict in the family, abuse, abandonment, it could be an accident or an illness, loss, perfectionism, or something else. Many, many different things. And many are a combination of two or more. Certainly for me, my big one that I talk about was my codependent enabler beast that I lived with for 13 years, riding that roller coaster from hell before I pulled the emergency brake and got off. But mine had more heads than that. And the, the one thing I know for sure is that we all wind up having a lot of similar feelings when these beasts get us down. And, and by the way, everybody's living with one, no matter what it looks like on the outside. They were, but here's the thing. They remind us of the past, you know, all the things that were better in the past or the things that you've done wrong, all of your mistakes, the things that went haywire sideways, those two by fours that whacked us over the head, our losses. They keep us from living in the present. And this is the biggie, fearful of the future. So they're not from God. And I don't like to give enough respect to Satan by using his name, so I call him the big beast. <laughs> and if there were a school of beasts, he would surely be the headmaster. In fact, there probably is one. Somewhere up in the in the realms, in the I was gonna say the heavenly realms, but he doesn't live in the heavenly realms, somewhere in hell where he is. But this is the thing about these beasts. They really only have a few tricks up their sleeve. I mean, really, there's only a few things, but they're so well-timed. They're crafty. So our beasts tend to get us down with the same things over and over and over. Keep coming at us. But, but some of his favorites are guilt, shame, low self-worth, chaos, heartbreak, and again, fear. And so our beasts do whatever they can to keep us living in these states. And the longer that we, we live there, we begin to take it on. It's almost like I could have had mom of an addict stamped on my forehead. I met this woman one time and her husband had died, which was terribly sad. But she, it, it, she was in such a state of grief that, and I'm not saying that you get over it, but hopefully you move through grief and it no longer controls your life. But I thought maybe he had died very recently because of, the way she was. But then I've come to find out he had died 17 years prior. And so this beast of grief had her down. And grief is a whole nother animal. I'm not here to specifically talk about that, but I live with grief every single day, of course, because my daughter was murdered. And yes, it's real. And especially with a child, it's not going away. And maybe perhaps for her with a, with a husband, not going away. But I've learned to live with that hole and still have joy and happiness and hope 
and peace and love and, and so many more things along with that because I've overcome the grip that grief has over me. But certainly grief is a huge one. I know a lot of moms, specifically moms right now, that are living with sons and daughters in addiction. And that's ongoing grief. Trust me, I know. My daughter lived in addiction for 15 years, so I know what it feels like to have that ongoing grief. There's no finality. You know, how do I heal? Although, I, again, I would have to say, I've decided the hole in my heart for my daughter's not healing, but I have learned to manage it. But living in that constant state of fear and, and what if and what's going to happen and am I going to get the knock on the door, or the phone call, it is a constant state of grief. And that beast can really get us down. That codependent enabler beast specifically, that's a tough one. But all beasts are tough, no matter what it is you are living with. And so I wanted to talk about comparing them because people get in this trap in a couple of different ways. But first, let's talk about comparing. So comparison in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. How else do we determine whether we want to dress like this? Okay, this is, do I like this look or do I like that look? Does this look uh, enhance my body shape or is this one better? right? Something simple like that. We compare things. We can compare things on a more serious note where we say, you know, that person, I really don't like how they act. I don't think I want to be a friend with them. Or, you know what? That is how I don't want to be. I need to change my behavior. So comparing in itself can be very beneficial. But comparing our beasts to others is a big problem. First of all, we have no idea what the whole story is. We really don't. Even the people closest to us, we don't know their innermost thoughts. We don't know every situation they've experienced unless we've been attached at the hip 24-7 for their entire life. We really don't know what's going on under the surface. Focus is such an issue that I dedicated an entire weapon of hope to your focus. As a matter of fact, in my Weapons of Hope, my online digital course, I created this image of an iceberg. And it, you know, the, we all know about icebergs, right? We call it the tip of the iceberg because above the water, you see this, what looks like an enormous iceberg. But if you could see what's underneath, it's multiples bigger. So what's underneath is bigger. That's why we say the tip of the iceberg. So in this graphic that I created, it's that very thing that on the surface, we see this, that, and the other thing, right? We see, oh, it looks like their life is going well, and it looks like things are good for them, and they have things under control, and they're confident. And then underneath it is what the real story is, or the rest of the story. And that's, so that's the first thing. When you're tempted to compare, you're not even comparing reality, or not the entire story. But this is what happens when we compare, we compare typically the worst things in our lives to what we think are the best in others. And it leaves us feeling like life is so unfair. How can this be? It's not fair. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying to do this. I'm working hard. I'm trying to be a better person. I'm seeking after God. All these things. And this person over here and that person and, and all of these other people have a much easier life, or so it seems. 
Okay, I told you I had a confession to make, and it is that I still struggle with comparing. And it always seems to hit me in the face when I get around family members or some friends whose lives appear to be going a little smoother than mine and certain success in certain areas. And um, it just, it's a reminder. And I teach on this. I believe that we shouldn't be doing that, comparing. But I find myself battling that. That's when my beast creeps in and goes, oh, I know how to get her. I got it. Let's get her in the comparison mode. And then she'll get off track. She'll get off course. Her mission will slow down. She'll feel badly about herself. She'll be in that state of confusion and asking why. And that's what happens. I go, you know, I'm I'm seeking after you, God. I'm trying to walk with you and and on this mission that's bigger than myself and and all of this. And then I look at at you know my siblings even and go, what did what did I do wrong? You know, the, I'm the one with the dead kid. They have much more business and financial success, and I'm such a hard worker, and I don't get it. And I I I it it's better as time goes on because I use my own weapons. So I do what I suggest that you do in these types of situations is, first of all, we've got to remember we don't know what we're comparing. Number two, it doesn't do us any good. We've got to stay focused on our mission. And that's what happens. And this goes back to my beast because he knows darn well that if he can keep me in this comparative state where I feel like it's unfair or I'm confused. I don't understand. Should I be doing something different? You know, why does it seem people are, do you hear, you, you see my, hear, see my, I guess you can't see anything, can you? <laughs> can you hear my air quotes? People seem to be blessed and I'm not, you know, all of that confusion. And then I'm off my mission. I'm no longer excited. I'm no longer focused on what I should be doing. I fight that and I struggle with that. So I just want to make sure that I get that out. So you realize that no matter where you get to in life, no matter how much stronger we become, no matter how much better we are, we still have things we're going to struggle with forever. And that's okay. It's okay to struggle, right? That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> We've got to quit trying to make our lives struggle free. I'm going to do another podcast on that. But let's talk about comparing, specifically when we compare our beasts. What is going on in our lives as opposed to others? And it's kind of, you know, goes right along the lines of what I've been talking about here. So if you compare your beast to somebody else's, which seems so much smaller, what they're dealing with is nothing compared to what you are. That will have you discounting another person's struggle. You'll give them, you know, kind of like the poo-poo. Okay, yeah, whatever. I can remember, honestly, I can remember having people when my daughter was out doing God knows what, God knows where and with whom. She'd already been shot. She's living in all this danger. And I would have somebody say, oh my gosh, my daughter's going off to college and I'm just so upset because she, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And I'm thinking, are you, you know what in me? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm being honest here. That's what would hit my brain first off. That's the first thing that come to me is you've got to be kidding me. I would give anything to have my daughter going off to college. I'd send her off to Europe. Oh my gosh, I'd be so excited. But then I have to remember that's that person's struggle right now. 
And that's maybe not necessarily a beast, but I guess you could say that it is because if you're that attached to your child that you're having a hard time letting them fly, then maybe that is something that could be considered one of these beasts that we deal with. Now, the other one is that when we compare it to someone else who has a bigger story, something you couldn't imagine, then the danger is that you minimize your own situation. You don't give yourself any credit for what you're going through. You think, okay, I just need to get over it. I need to move past it. I need to not even deal with it. And then you're stuffing away all of these feelings and you're stuffing away and you're not battling through. Because the whole idea, my friend, is to stand up and battle your beast. Darn it. Stop laying down on the mat with that friggin' beast on top of you, whispering in your ear and screaming in your face and telling you all sorts of crap, a bunch of lies that you're, you're not worthy. This is what my beast did to me. He'd have me down on that mat telling me I was the worst mother in the world, that I couldn't save my own daughter. The person that I for, that, that taught me about true love, that's when I first learned about true love was when Jamie was born. She was my first child. That's when I knew true love. And I couldn't even save that person that was that important to me. What a failure. And now I've, I'm over here self-destructing and I've got this other child to raise Sean and I don't feel like I'm there for him as much as I should be. And, you know, and oh my gosh, it just wouldn't stop. This is where we have got to be strong. We've got to remember what God says about us. We have to fight. We have to stand up and say, no, I do not accept this. It is normal to feel these feelings, but you do not have to come into agreement with your beast. No, that's where you draw the line in the sand. Because he does not get to decide what you think about and how you think about yourself and how you evaluate your situation. That is up to you. So you have got to stand up and fight. You've got to put a stop to all the BS. Because here's the thing, your beast is going to keep coming at you, but once you he no longer controls you. He doesn't have you down on the mat. Okay, yeah, he may, might knock you off course every now and then. He might knock on your door and you recognize him. He might get you down every now and then or off balance. But when he stops controlling your life, this that I'm talking about here won't be such an issue for you. You won't have to compare because your beast will no longer be controlling your life. So that's really the bottom line is to, to overcome the hold and the grip that the beast has over you. But whatever it is you're dealing with and challenged with, the beast is probably never going to stop knocking on your door. I mean, I'm sorry to tell you that, but there will always be some sort of battle and he'll always come back at you with the same type of thing. So you might be revisiting the situation. So wherever you are in your current situation with the beast, be careful of comparison because, as I said, you don't want to minimize what you're going through. That's not fair. It's not right to, for you. And it's not going to help you move through it if you do a big minimization. The other side of it is that you don't want to have somebody who has a, you know, what you would consider a much easier path, a much weaker beast, and then you kind of have, you have no empathy for them. You're not there for them. You're, yeah, whatever. You don't, you're not understanding. We are, this is not a game. It's not a competition. 
each person is walking their own path through this lifetime. Each person is trying to make it in some way. So ask yourself this. What are you comparing? Who are you comparing it to? Do you really know their entire story? And even if you did, what is the comparison doing for you? And this is a big one. What is it doing to you? Walk out your journey, my friend. Stand up. Battle that beast. Use it to propel yourself. Use your struggle as jet fuel to move past, to become more, and then go out and help at least one other person to do the same. That's what being a warrior in hope is all about. Until the next time, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you're not alone because I'm standing right there with you. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time. And in the meantime, if you want to jump into Warriors in Hope and get access to free resources and check out all of our other coaching and resources, go to warriorsinhope.com. Whatever you're going through, know that you are not alone. I'm standing right there with you and alongside you as you stand up and learn how to fight, how to become a warrior in hope.